You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 347. Good. Number one, get a good deal. I love that answer. That's it. That's I love it. The start of everything. Get yep. a good deal, the buyers will flock. And, and you know, if you have no buyers, you kind of got to do it at all. You got to go to your meetups and meet face-to-face and get someone, a good buyer you can trust. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome everybody to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am your host, Brent Daniels. And if you have been listening to this podcast over the months, the years that we have been putting this out, you know that we talk a lot about finding and sourcing great wholesale opportunities, or really just sourcing real estate deals, real estate opportunities, whether it be wholesale, whether it be fix and flip, whether it be to buy and hold for your portfolio. But today we have an absolute special guest, and this is two and a half years in the making to get this guest on here. This is my company's disposition manager, and we're going to be talking about how to build the most robust cash buyer database on the planet. So it is my absolute pleasure to introduce Billy Bell to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Billy, welcome, man. Good to finally be here. It's amazing. Long time overdue. So this is a really interesting thing, guys. Billy used to live here, and we'll go through your backstory here, but Billy used to live here in Phoenix and decided about a year and a half ago that you were going to move to San Diego. Yep. Right? Yep. So, by the way, he sells all of our deals, every disposition deal that we have, he sells out of San Diego. Yep. On the beach. Doing a remote from the beach. Yep. From the beach. Exactly. Incredible. So, you got to tell everybody. So, give everybody, how'd you get into real estate? Um, Got into real estate, was uh, working, you know, what I thought was my dream job for a while, but uh, it just didn't pay what I had dreamt it to pay. So, you know, started listening to books and podcasts, just like this one, honestly, from my desk job that I had. What and, was the job? Um, architecture. Doing, uh, I was basically a draftsman at a high-end, uh, you know, custom residential architecture firm. And it was fun. It was great. But, you know, making $29,000 a year with the cap being not much far, you know, further above that just wasn't enough. And, and being stuck behind the desk mm-hmm. at nine, 10 hours a day, making $14 an hour, you know, right. just, it drove me crazy. So, I started going in, I went to a networking event, met a guy that was flipping houses. He's like, hey, you should meet the guy, the wholesaler that I buy some of my deals from. He's doing, you know, he's doing wholesaling, he's looking for people, blah, blah, blah. So I go in and uh, meet this guy on a Saturday back when we were doing Super Saturdays. Super Saturdays. So let's set the scene for a second. So every Saturday or every other Saturday, what I would do is basically to, to train other people or to try to find good people for the business or just to get free deals, really. Just getting deals. Yeah, yeah. was I would set up a couple different uh, mojo dialers and I would be making the calls. People would see me making the calls, hear the conversations. These would be on speakerphone so everybody could hear Mm -hmm. and um, just train and understand that you know, when you ask somebody if they would consider an offer on their property, there's only six responses. Mm -hmm. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that they're yes, no, maybe 
how much will you give me? How'd you get my number and who are you, Mm -hmm. right? So when you call somebody up, if you are going to phone prospect somebody or or, or call a a list of distressed property owners, that's the only six things that you get. And that's what I was training during that time. And Billy was one of the, the people that was proactive and wanted to get deals and came in to just make cold calls not getting paid just no. for the experience. Yeah, I think you might have paid us like 20 bucks to show up or something like this to get it's us in pizza. the door. <laughs> yes, yeah, pizza, maybe like that, something yeah. like that. And and yeah, he gave us that that rundown right there. That was it. And it was kind of, you know, listen to him on a couple of calls and then it was trial by fire. Get on the dialer, just go. And um, so like it was the second or third Saturday. Second. Second Saturday mm-hmm. that I went in there and uh, was making, you know, my calls were on speaker and he was sitting at the other end of the table and, you know, when they'd come up with something, ob- objection or something at that, you know, I only know yes, no, maybe type yeah, stuff. Yeah. And he'd be writing on a pad like, say this, say this. And so I'd just be looking over him all nervous, palms sweating, you know. Yep. And so, yeah, second Saturday had someone that said, yeah, I want to sell my house. Mm-hmm. Come on down. Check it out. And if you remember this, she was an attorney. She was an attorney. She was an attorney. Yeah. She was getting rid of, I think it was a probate property or something that she well, inherited. She, no, she worked. She was an attorney that worked for the city or something like that. And she was getting transferred like Casa Grande. Yep. Took a job there working for the city again or something like that. Mm-hmm. So she had to kind of just relocate and um, was already, she was already moved, like halfway moved out of her house. Yep. She's like, come on down and uh, here's what I want for the, the property. And I had no idea what values were, you know, 160000 I think it was that we bought it for. And I look at him and he knows the area. It was a, it was a good area. Yeah. I just look at him, 160000 you know, and she, he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, man, it, and it, like, it, that gets my like, adrenaline rolling again. Just remember that first deal and just how that felt. Well, that, that awesome. one call, we made twelve grand. Well, yeah, that one call, and it was a second Saturday, eight, not even eight hours total of calling. And I, you know, I remember looking back and just doing the math, like, okay, I, you know, I made twenty percent or thirty percent of it. I forget mm-hmm. what what we made at that time, but it was mm-hmm. four grand, which was huge to me from you know what my hourly wage was at my yeah, job. Yeah, and I worked it back, and so, I made you know a couple thousand dollars per hour, or something like that every day, or a couple hundred. Well, it was yeah. literally like your second hour, like true hour of calling. Yeah. That you got that. Because yeah. the first Saturday came, you spent about an hour on there. You got some good conversations, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the second Saturday came in, your second hour. That was life-changing money. And I was yep. trying to do wholesaling on my own, like with a limited budget. I sent out like 2,000 mailers. Had no idea what I was doing. No training. And, you know, it went nowhere, of course. But it was that proof of concept. And that check for four thousand dollars that came thirty days later is life changing. That was yep. That was the the tipping point. Yeah. And then that's when I started trying to pull you in as an acquisition manager. Yep. Right. So Billy came in. He was one of the only people that actually survived multiple times coming into the Super Saturday. So if you're out there and it's and it's really interesting, if you have a company and you're looking to hire some people, hire an acquisition manager, hire some so a disposition manager, hire people in your company, or you're at that point where you're expanding, I think it's a really, really good idea to put them through the filter of, are these people proactive? Are these people truly, do they have that pilot light inside of them that they actually love real estate, that they Mm. just, that you have to do it? Like, you had to do it. This wasn't like you wanted to do it. You wanted to do a little bit of real estate. You wanted to learn how to wholesale. No, it was like a must for you. Like, I must learn this. I must show up. I must do it. And then so... You had a good job. You loved yeah. where you worked. You yeah. loved what you did. It was all good, but it was just, I just had, you know, my idea, my dreams were just up here. Yeah. You know, you got to have to 
want your, you got to need your dreams, you know, you got to get there. Yeah. Well, and it's huge. And I I think that it's a, it's a really interesting point because I think a lot of people stop at that little bit of dip that they go through where they get really excited. They start taking action, but then Mm. a deal falls through. They don't get it quite, they don't sell it. They don't really kind of know what they're doing Mm. with the valuations or with, what exit strategy to use or whatever. They're, yeah. they're thinking too much. They kind of go through that dip, and that's when they stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you went through it. I mean, you put out the mailers. You got a deal, Yeah. and it didn't go through, Right. but you kept going. Yeah, that first one mm-hmm. didn't go through. Almost, almost didn't go through. But yeah, I kept going. And, and I mean, so there's so many people out there that are trying to get started now. And, the you know, of course, you want to own your own business and start your own business and do all of that. But the best advice was to do what I did is get – you know, tied in with a, a killer, a rock star in your market. And that amount of learning you'll get, yep. that like repetition factor, all of that from someone that already has it figured out, go work for them for a year or something like that. Or, sure. or just as long as it takes, whatever. It's You'll learn so much faster than if you're just trying to like all out there on your own, scrambling, trying to figure it out mm-hmm. piece by piece. So. so this was, we met in 2016, that's when we started doing it, right? Yeah. It wasn't 50. It was 16. 16. Yep. And then you became an acquisition manager. You got out of the job. Yep. And you did acquisitions. For like a year and a half. You kind of liked it. Yeah. Not really. It was good. I you learned money. a lot. You, you made money, right? And learning, yeah. But then really, your your true talents lie in disposition. Yeah. And just, just for everybody out there watching and listening, if you're listening to this, this is the first time we're shooting this in the TTP podcast studio. So you got to check this out on Brent Daniels Real Estate on YouTube. So definitely check it all out. It's going to be good to see faces on this. But you had a talent for having just like ice water in your veins, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. Remember, I was doing disposition and we were averaging yeah. about twelve to 14000 because I had friends that I would sell the deals to. I was a classic cash buyer employee. I just, yeah. I wanted to get the deal done. I didn't want to cause too much tension. And then you were like, hey, you know, let me have a shot at this. Right. And then it just took off. I mean, you took us, just for everybody to know, uh, Billy took us from 12000 to 20000 and then 20000 to, to now 27000 yeah. a deal dispoing. Yeah. So walk us through. How do you do this? What's, um, your, what's your magic? Well, yeah. First off, when we started, I inherited a buyer's list that was like decently strong of like maybe 300, 400 yep. from, from Brent. Yep. And, um, but it was like, yeah, we were cash buyer employees. And, uh, you know, especially when Brent's doing everything on his own, you know, when you're doing trying to do everything on your own, you just want the deal sold. Yep. If, if it's an easy sale to your buddy and, you know, you can move on to the next deal, that's great. But it's really important to have someone that's, that can focus on building the buyer's list and not just taking the easy way out on, you know, the cash buyer employees is really the perfect way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so inheriting that list, I didn't know any of these buyers. I didn't know anyone. They were all the same to me, you know? And so I treated them all equal and basically who would pay more. And it's not, you learn that it's not all about that. This is They're, important. Yeah. Hit on this. You, uh, yeah. So, I mean, after a while you learn about, you can kind of judge it. And that's how I did. I had no, I guess, way to know without, you know, just doing it. And I really, from starting fresh, I I really had to figure out a way. And it was really just paying attention to the way that the buyers communicate with you. Mm -hmm. That's like the feel to the job. You know, it's not all about the numbers and all of that. It, It helps when people offer the most, 
But if you have some guy that's offering the most, but being an a-hole or, or just not communicating well, efficiently, mm-hmm. smart, you know, all of that, you really pay attention to that. You can tell how competent someone is as well. Yeah. Um, so that right there is you feel them out just in the conversation. Well, I think that the most important thing is, can they get the deal done? Right. right? It That's is. That's number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, obviously, if they're responding to you, they're not going to respond to you and start this dialogue mm-hmm. if they're nowhere near the price right. that you're putting it out at. Yeah. But, okay, so now you have multiple people that want this deal because mm-hmm. we're, we're in a competitive market. Yep. You've got people that are pretty close on price mm-hmm. with each other. Yep. People are all willing to put $5,000 non-refundable down. Yep. So you make the decision on who to select based on the way that they're communicating. Their communication style and ability, basically. So if you're listening to this or watching this and you're one of those guys that are buying a lot of these deals, take the hint. Yeah, make it easy and and, and just be professional, straightforward. Know your stuff. You know, if you're going to make an offer, then know that that's your offer and and be consistent, all of that, and just communicate well. Like I've had guys that wouldn't just be short off the bat Mm -hmm. or... Or be over the top. It's it's just it's all a balance. Well, just, some people try to big dog you, some right? Or try, try to bully it. it. Yeah, yeah. That was a big thing. Is in the guy, especially inheriting it from Brent. All the guys that were buddy buddy with Brent and just expected us to give him a deal. Yeah. You know, six grand, ten grand under what it, we should. Yeah. Just because they're buddies or whatever. Yeah. They try to hey wait who are you you know like just give me the deal blah 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 so, and I'd get the texts. Yeah, What's oh, wrong yeah. <laughs> with this Billy kid? Does he knew, know who I am? Yeah. You know, all this other thing. So I'm I'm out on the other side. Like, But I think that that's an interesting transition. Mm-hmm. If you are going from, you know, selling your deals to the same people and you're looking to get more mm-hmm. per deal, then you got to go through that transition. You got to go through yeah. that fire a little bit that says, hey, listen, you know, guys, I can't give you these deals at these same prices anymore. I got to yeah. make more on these. There's more meat on this bone. If you want them, and what we found out was we still sold to the same people. They just paid more. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. That happened a lot. They, they just got used to the more realistic prices. You know, yeah. it'd be one of those things that, you know, I'd push the value because I know I could an extra 5K or whatever. And those guys still wanted the deal because it's still a good deal. And, you know, but they would they would always do, hey, let me get five the buddy buddy discount of 5K off or whatever, mm-hmm. something like that. And be like, hey, you know, I, I really think I can get this much. I'm pretty sure I can. I've got some other interest or whatever. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's yours. Like, hey, I got you in my back pocket. You're my buddy. But I got to do what's best for me. And they Mm -hmm. understand that. And if they don't, then fire them. Whatever. We we fired a couple guys, a couple of our buyers, because they just didn't understand that. But most of them did. And they knew that we, like, hey, like, I got to do what's best for me. If not, it's yours, buddy. Yep. You know? And I think that you can have that position if you have enough buyers. Of course. Right? Yeah. If you don't have enough buyers, you're kind of stuck. It's the only asset in this business is your buyers list. I love that. Yeah. I love it. It really is. I know it. So here's the thing. So we went from 300 and you got us up to like 8,000 in like six weeks. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was quick. Yeah. And that was just all really built on you communicating with some guys in town here and trading up the list. I talk about this a lot. People don't really, some people get it, some people don't. Some Mm -hmm. people are really like, I can't ask somebody for their buyer's list. It's sacred. Mm -hmm. Offer some value back. I had helped one of the guys in town win, because we were the only cold callers back in the day. Mm -hmm. The only people that cold called. You know, I helped a buddy kind of get his operation cold calling. So it was that. And and without expecting anything in return, and this was while I was still cold calling and acquisitions and all of that, 
when I stepped into dispositions, he's like, hey, here you go. Let, let me hook you up and yep. whatever. And then, you know, traded with a couple of other people and, and just it's exponential. When you double your list, say you have 300 buyers, someone else has, it doesn't matter how much they have. They can have a thousand, 10,000 buyers. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, give me your top 300. Yeah. And I'll give you all my 300 or, or whatever. Workouts, yeah. deal like that. Boom. You just doubled your list in one second. Mm-hmm. And then now you have 600. You can go to the next guy. Hey, let me get your top 600. Boom. You have 1200. And literally the same day, yep. you can have quadruple your list. I love Are you listening to this, guys? Seriously, there is not some secret master buyer list that one person has that nobody else has. These buyers are not exclusive to you. They're going out everywhere talking to everybody, okay? So don't think that that somebody's not willing to trade. No, some people won't. Some people won't trade their list, and I totally get it. You were saying it's a big asset. Yeah. You know what I mean? And some people don't want to do it because they've spent a lot of money building up that asset, which is fine. But find people that are kind of in the area that you are. Go networking, make buddies, work your way in, offer them something else, do what it takes. That's the most important thing. What about realtors? Realtors are tough because they're slow. Mm-hmm. They, they can be great buyers or they, their clients can be great buyers because they can pay more. However, they, a lot of their buyers are trying to go conventional and need you know, all of that. You know, it's, it's a good way if, if it's a solid realtor that has a solid client or maybe some, some of them have cash clients, then great. That's even better. People do have great luck with them. You know, maybe it's market specific. I don't know. I haven't had the best luck with them because I've, you know, bought realtor lists mm-hmm. or whatever and blasted out. But they're they're just a lot slower. Whereas, and especially now that I have thousands of buyers on my list, mm-hmm. I've got guys that are, I got a feeding frenzy. I don't need to wait for a realtor, unfortunately. Like, yep. So that that's my take on realtors. Not saying that they don't bring value and they can be awesome and they can have buyers that pay a lot more than your cash buyers. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind. If it, if it's a deal, that's maybe you got to educate them a little you gotta, bit. Yeah, that's the huge key. The process, the but you know what I found, and we've sold. I, I mean, some of the biggest deals that we've done together have been to realtors that For you sure. educated. Yeah, they had a cash buyer. Yeah, and it went. Yeah, but you had to basically do their job for them. Yeah. Yeah, because they just don't know. It's just a to- totally different side of the business that they're not used to. Isn't um, that crazy? It's how do realtors not know? It's part of their business, and it's the best, easiest, could be the most lucrative niche of, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's just not the standard wide path that everyone takes. Right. Yeah. So that's I, all it is. I interviewed Templeton Walker, mm-hmm. who's done 300 deals in the last two years from realtors. Uh-huh. And it's just referrals, because they don't yeah. know what to do with them. Right. You know, I mean, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all education. It really yeah, is yeah. building building relationships and and educating them, and that's how it, that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about cash buyers, building the cash buyers, making sure. How do you get it out? How do you communicate? Now it's different in every market because mm-hmm. when we started out, we were like, we're going to do text blast everybody, we're going to email everybody, mm-hmm. we're going to call everybody, we're going to get it going. Mm-hmm. What's your process like now? How big is the buyer database? I don't even know. So. Yeah, at one point I had gotten a list of up to like 17,000. I was right. trying to blast them and then I got flagged for spam. So I had to like trim it all back and I went through that and it, that sucks. Um, so don't just buy lists and blast them, spam them. Don't do that. Build it legit. We have like 4,000 buyers now. Mm-hmm. And so that's been trimmed out of the people that but actually open the emails active and, and active buyers and hungry buyers and people that, that communicate back and forth, actually respond, mm-hmm. open your emails. It's, it's good to track all that and not just spam again. Um, 
What was the question? So what do you do? Do you just email them? Do you text them? Do you yeah. call them? Do you, like, what's the process? Right, right now, I mainly just email them. I started out texting and that was great. That was awesome. But now that I have a list built up to where it is, my buyers are trained mm-hmm. that I, I just, I'm lazy. Maybe I could text them, but I just email them to get deals sold. Right. We saw a big change about a year ago with people not even responding to the texts because they were getting way too many texts from yeah. everybody. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it was like quick little texts and it kind of gave you info, but not really. And yeah. it was just kind of a weird way to communicate. I think the authorities have gotten turned on to texting a little bit too. You know, the carriers will flag it as spam mm-hmm. if you send out mass. And, and obviously the people are doing it at huge, ridiculous multitudes, volumes. Right. But I ran into that issue where the, they just weren't getting delivered or, or they were maybe just getting flooded with text so the the response just dropped for me so i just went back to and and i didn't mean to like stop it i was just like all right that's not working anymore let me find maybe a new platform like we're using scipio let me find something else that worked and i just never got around to it kind of because i didn't need to because the list had built been built up enough my buyers have been trained enough to just be johnny on the spot on the emails Mm -hmm. and all of that Mm -hmm. i I have a um, website that i'll do a listing to and the email i'll have a link to the website listing where it has all the details and you know, photo album. It's kind of a little bit redundant to the email blast. Yep. I don't do that every time because it's a little more time consuming, but on the good deals I do. Because <laughs> we get good deals. And, we get the best deals. Yeah, we get good deals. And, <laughs> and I mean, sometimes you, when you get good deals, you don't need to go above and beyond and blast it all over the place and try to go everywhere. If you get a good deal, I mean, it makes it easy to sell. It makes my job really easy. Yep. But the, the website is nice to have. So you have a presence and it shows the deals you do. It shows that you do Good, good deals. It has a sign-up form for a new buyer, so it's easy. Hey, go to bellrei.com, boom, sign up there. You're automatically on the list. Awesome. And so that streamlines more buyers and uh, kind of gives you a little bit of a, I don't know, reputation if you have the, the, that up there. So Awesome. Yeah, mainly so you're just, emailing. just ma- mainly emailing. Yeah, yep. and, and if I have, I do have a tougher... And you've got 4,000 that are solid people. Yeah. That are, do you know about how many people, percentage, open them? Yeah, uh, anywhere between like 23 on the low end Oof. to like 31% open them. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a solid list. But yeah. you trimmed it back... Because you you were looking at people that had never opened emails or never, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you got rid of all those people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then so just to explain the relationship for everybody listening and watching between Billy and myself. So and the company is when we get a lead, so we cold call or we text blast and we get a lead in Mm -hmm. and then it goes into our investor fuse podio. Yep. And then once it gets the acquisition managers will follow up with it mm-hmm. to the point where they get they need to get a price or they have a price mm-hmm. and then they send it to you. Yep. Right? They put a task for you, you look at it, you comp it, mm-hmm. you make sure that we're not crazy, you give them a, a price. Yep. And then that's what we go after. Right. So yep. that's the process that we use. So Billy's day truly is a lot of comping. A lot of comping. And then and transaction then coordination, yep. selling. Yeah. But a lot of it they probably time is probably 60% comping. Right. I would say. Well, and you're a master in Maricopa County and yeah. knowing what things will sell for. Yeah. And here's the thing. The acquisition managers truly get a little bit frustrated because Billy <laughs> loves huge deals. Billy loves huge deals. So he's always going to anchor super low. So it's always a, it's always, it's always a little bit of a balancing act knowing what we can offer and what truly is the MAO, the max allowable yeah. offer. Yeah. But you always anchor low so that we get really big deals. But just to let you guys know, listen, 
Billy is, if you are in the Phoenix area and you need some help either comping your properties or selling them, people can reach out to you, right? Yeah, yeah. This is not, this is not an exclusive yeah. relationship. Billy yeah. is a business in himself, right. okay? But, yeah. I mean, we were working together. We've been working together really, really, really strongly over the last three years. But he's got, you, you've got the opportunity. You can sell properties. Yeah. And you're ready to sell properties. I do it all the time. And you work with yeah. a lot of the TTP family members that are right. here in Phoenix. It's awesome. Yeah, I regularly wholesale for about five guys mm -hmm. in the Phoenix market, whether they're TTP family members, uh, previous acquisitions managers that mm -hmm. have started their own business and are killing it. I love it. And they're yeah. doing consistent deals. Shout out to Natasha. Yeah, problem with my business is they, they come into my <laughs> business and then they, they I, I hire superstars. Yeah. So they, yeah. you know, superstars. And your twin sister, Allie, too, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. superstars and, uh, go out and, and do their thing. So that's right. Entrepreneurs at heart, which is outstanding. And that's, that goes to anybody that's like, well, I'm going to have my people sign our business prenup, which is like a non-compete. Come on, come on. It's silly, right? <laughs> it's I mean, little, there's just no reason. Little, if you yeah. want to have really great people in your company and in your, your culture of your business, then let's not set off the relationship with a little bit of negativity and no. a little bit of scarcity. Let's scarcity. go with abundance and 100%. let's collaborate and not compete, right? 100%. So, um, so yeah, anybody, how, how can people reach out to you if they want to work with you here in Phoenix or just ask you about disposition? Because there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that sure. maybe have some other questions. Yeah, uh, my email is billy at bellrei.com. You can hit me up there. My website is bellrei.com if you want to check that out, kind of see some of the deals and how our listings look and how that's kind of, you know, styled out, the buyer sign up, all that's there. Um, it's pretty cool. But yeah, hit me up on just on my email. Send me, uh, yeah, send me some great. deals. Let's sell some deals together. It would be really fun. I love working with new guys because, you know, there's a lot of big guys in town that will sell deals and dispo and all of that. But it's, uh, I don't know, I love working with new guys and kind of adding on to the, a little bit of the coaching on the yep. other side of the business that isn't uh, coached at, on as much, um, at least as openly and, and all of that and mm -hmm. um, walking them through and get them, getting them set up. And Well, I think the toughest thing with people starting out is, is this a deal or not a deal? Hard. Right, yeah. and then how big of a deal is it? Yeah. So people can reach out to people like you, even if they're in different markets, they can reach out to people that may, maybe are similar to you in those mm -hmm. other markets that know those markets, yeah. and really get a huge benefit from For it. For sure. I always say, find somebody that's just killing in your market or doing well, and wants to split deals with you, do deals with you. You know, we're deal junkies. You know, yeah. we're always going to be wanting to do more. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's common around the whole country. So reach out to somebody that's doing a ton of business. Yeah. And bring the deals to them so that you know, is this a deal or not a deal? Listen, nothing that Billy makes from any of these relationships goes to me. This is all to, to Billy and the relationship between him and anybody here in town that wants to work with them. So the abundance master right here. Well, <laughs> no, it, well, it's just, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's your it's business. Awesome. You've, you've really grown that. You've made it. You took it from 300 to 4,000, really solid. You took it from 12,000 to 27,000. Mm -hmm. You've made, I literally disposed millions of dollars in just two years, two and a half years. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been incredible. Yeah. But you do this all from the beach. You don't even live in <laughs> Phoenix. You live in San Diego. Yeah. You live in paradise. People chip out when, when I tell them that. And it, all that we do, especially on the dispo side, is all over phone and email anyways. What do I need? Right. You know, what, I don't need to go to the properties. I could go to the properties, you know, if I had to and maybe do a buyer open house. But the, you know, the guys that I work with, that, you know, all the, you know, whether it's your students that I'm mm -hmm. selling deals for or yeah. whoever, 
you know, we have trust, we build trust and, and I'll send them to the, you know, if they have to let a buyer in or whatever. And, and it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't need to be there. It's all no technology is amazing. <laughs> well, it is. And yeah. it's all TTP. It, yeah, it's all TTP. Yeah, it's yeah. all it is. So let's look at this. So let's speak now to anybody listening or, or watching. That is, they have no buyers. Mm-hmm. They're passionate. They're out there. They're 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 talking to sellers. They're talk. They're getting some referrals from friends and family, but mm-hmm. they don't know who to sell these to. Give me a step by step, real quick, on what they need to do right now. How do they find buyers? Okay, <laughs> number one, get a good deal. I love that answer. That's it. That's I love it. The start of everything. Get yep. a good deal. The buyers will flock. And and you know, if you have no buyers, you kind of got to do it all. You got to go to your meetups and meet face to face and get someone a good buyer you can trust. And, you know, maybe you have to be a cash buyer employee to that one or couple that are solid people at first. And, you know, until you can kind of get a little more money and then start other campaigns of whether you have a good relationship with your title company mm-hmm. can be a huge asset. You know, they can give you a list or pull a list of cash buyers in your area and then you can call them or have your VA call them. And then you can get some solid buyers right now, especially if you talk to them and not just buy a list or sign up for a list or something like that. Yep. You know, you can put your deals on Facebook and Craigslist. You get a lot of tire kickers there, but same thing, vet them out. Give them a call, mm-hmm. you know, and, and vet them out. Get them on the phone. Get them on the phone. Mm-hmm. Have someone talk to them on your team or you talk to them. Don't put the address on Facebook. Okay. You know, put all the details, maybe crossroads. Interesting. You know, same thing with, yep. with uh, Craigslist because you'll get people knocking on the doors trying to snake your deal or just or just people that don't know and, and it'll throws your sellers off. So don't do that. But it also makes the people that see it actually inquire what's the address and then you then you can have a list of people that inquired so if someone does show up you can at least narrow it down to the people that you gave the address to gave the lockbox code to or mm-hmm. whatever um, mm-hmm. and then it starts a dialogue of okay yeah you can feel them out have a conversation yep. see if they're legit that right there i mean that's it and Get, build and build and build, 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 and, build, and, build and, and trade yeah and yeah. trade it and up. trade and trade yeah and trade it up yeah i love it i love it and before we wrap this up, I think that one of your superpowers, I think your superpower is keeping a healthy tension mm. between our deals and the cash buyers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They respect you. They know that they can't run you over, Yeah. right? They know that you're not a pushover, but they also like you. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? As fair as I can. I mean, a lot of people think that, you know, from time to time, if, if you got two people calling at once, then, you know, you like this guy better than me, or why'd you pick him, or whatever? It's the same price. It's yeah. like every once in a while, you get yourself into a pickle where the the deal's so hot, you just got people blowing you up, and you're not gonna like this. A lot of people are not gonna like this, but I don't put my phone number in the email because it gives me time to just let people reply and see what's coming in. Right. So a lot of people are gonna hate me for that. Yeah. And a lot of people already do, but reply to the email. I'll kind of sit back and let the replies come in for a little bit, and then. Go through, and then also another thing that's great is that now I have a searchable index of all the people that were interested in that deal because I can search by that email. When I get a bunch of, you know, if I get twenty phone calls within thirty minutes, it's gone. It's I can't keep track of all no. that. And and this guy, oh, but but I want to talk that's to this next really guy. That's really interesting. Yeah, and, you know, but the, the next guy on the phone or the guy that I answered first is offering full price, so I have to take it. And uh, he's my buddy, and and all that. And the next guy that's calling is offering five k, or I could be offering five k more. It's just mm-hmm. it's hectic, and it's not necessary. Well, and I think also, and we've dealt with this before, people that back out or want to try to back out at the last minute or mm-hmm. don't deposit their earnest money mm-hmm. in twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a catalog of people you can go back to. Yeah. 
and be like, hey, this deal's still available. Do you want it? Yeah. And that's how we usually resell it if, if people don't perform with the earnest money. Right. Or if they start getting a little bit chippy towards the end of it. Yeah. This happened or, in Flagstaff yeah, the other, the it, it other day. It just happened in Flagstaff. So, somebody yeah. wanted to get a price reduction of like $30,000. Day before closing. Day before closing. And you're like, no, we'll take your earnest money. Yeah. We'll, we'll just close on this ourselves. We don't care. Which We've got other up, people. Yeah, the, he, he tried to get an appraisal, or he did get an appraisal for it. It's like, this is wholesale. It, it doesn't fly, but okay. So you didn't appraise for it. You're 25K short. That's not going to happen. You right. know? And so we ended up taking 3K off just to get the deal done the next day, and it was, yep. and it was easy. But So you think yeah. your healthy tension is built up from being able to sit back and see what the responses are and not getting blown up with your texts and calls. Yeah, yeah. And some of the people that already know you get the emails. They're probably still texting and calling you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, I, you know, but I'll just, you know, I'll let them sit or, or, you know, and a lot of times it's right off the bat. Like, hey, I'm, it's obvious the interest. I, I can gauge the interest right away. And, you know, I'm not having to just answer the call and, you know, give it to the first guy that calls. Love it. And, and a lot of times if it's that easy just to call you, hey, I'll take it. Okay. And then they don't come through with the earnest money or whatever. Like, you, it just gives you time to, again, like, communicate with them back and forth. It's not just a, hey, quick, I'll take it. Gives you that chance to feel them out and if they're legit or not. Let me put you on the spot with something. Okay. And it's something that we don't do. Maybe we should do. Mm-hmm. But let me get your thoughts on it. Okay. A lot of people talk about doing open houses. Mm-hmm. Doing, get everybody there at the same time. Get the thing bid up. Mm-hmm. And and sell the properties that way. What's your thoughts? I think I have a strong enough list now that it's not necessary. Yeah. You know, I don't have to blast out. Be here at this time. Like I have the open house in my inbox. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's crazy, guys. Percentage wise, how many people put their earnest money in sight unseen on these properties? Uh, most ninety percent. Yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of a Phoenix thing as yeah. well. So that that can be market specific, but it's also that that's that. Healthy tension. It's being honest to your buyers. Mm-hmm. So our acquisitions man- managers, they go take photos of. They, they've been to the properties. They know if there's a hole through the ceiling or whatever. Take a so ton of pictures. We we tell and we show everything. We get the the big ticket items here in Arizona. Are you know houses are simple. The big ticket items are roof and AC. There's not a whole lot of pool equipment. Pool pool is another big ticket item. So I try to get that up front. Those are going to be the things that can sway a, a deal. You know, left or right, but. So we try to get as much of those that big stuff out of the way up front and communicate that in our blast. And, and I underwrite them knowing that or at least having a good idea, best idea possible with that. So we know that from the beginning. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I have an open house in the inbox more or less. Love it. On a good deal. If, if it's a tighter deal and you're really trying to do it, then you can say open house. And a lot of times you can get it on the spot. But when I have people lining up in the inbox, it's just, hey, you know, I got a lot of interest on this. We're just going to, we're going to, Make a decision at the end of the day. Let me know your best. Yep. That's the other thing is I don't like bidding wars back and forth and playing guys against each other. I don't like that. If I do have a lot of interest where I could start a bidding war, I just be like, hey, we got a lot of interest. You know, 5 p.m. we're making a decision. Just let me know your best. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Dude, you're the best. <laughs> and I don't get him in here because he lives in San Diego and he never right. wants to come to Phoenix except for when it gets a little bit cooler outside. Finally so. cool down here. Finally so cool I'm, down I'm here. Coming so. into town. This is awesome, man. Well, yeah. so much value. So again, Billy at uh, bellrei.com if yep. you want to reach out to him, if you have some questions about building up your cash power database, and especially if you were living here and working here in Phoenix, if you need some help uh, comping properties or dispoing your properties, 
this is the guy. Yeah. So you get absolutely. a hot lead. I love comping. So if you get a hot lead that you're setting up an appointment or whatever, send it over. I'll help you out. We'll get it locked in at the right price so we know we can make a big rip on. Love it. Billy started out TTP. He started out making cold calls. He started mm-hmm. out phone prospecting and built his business off of the platform of constantly communicating with people. Now he's at a point now where people are just, he can sit back, look at everything, keep healthy tension, and get us the biggest and best deals. So if you're interested in in taking your business to the next level, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. And that's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check out all the, check out what the program's about. Check out all of the testimonials. It's absolutely bananas. And yeah, that's it. Awesome. Love that you were that here, man. Yeah, that was awesome. Let's do it again. Yep. All right, guys. Until next time, you guys are the best. And I encourage you guys all to talk to people. Love you. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.